Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hi, everybody. Welcome once again to Sports Roundtable. I am Bob Branco, and this is episode number 249. Before we continue with our multitude of subjects, and boy, are we loaded. I want to introduce our panel members, and I also want to offer some thanks to several people. We start out with Michael Garrett. Welcome from a hot and humid Missouri City, Texas. Don Wardlow. Hi there from Jersey, which is getting hot again after we had a couple of nice days there. Hopefully, Don, you and I will get some rain on Wednesday. We need it badly. Peter Alchil. Good morning from cool and pleasant Columbia, Missouri, where we're supposed to get a bunch of rain tomorrow. I like that word, cool. Luther King is scheduled to join us momentarily. I have not heard that he won't be here, so hopefully he will arrive shortly. I do want to thank some people. First, let me thank Raymond Gay, our producer, for helping to make Sports Roundtable a quality program. Thank you very much. I want to thank Tom and Lynn from Rosie's Place Chatline. They post our shows on bulletin board number 14 there. I want to thank our website designer for archiving Sports Roundtable. That would be Jacqueline Sylvia from JS Web Solutions. The programs are archived on www.brancoevents.com. And finally, the media outlets. Thank you very much. And by the way, I was just told that this program is streamed on ACB Media Number 5. I want to thank Joe Green for allowing that to happen. And I also want to thank our host for today's program, Melissa. Melissa, thank you for helping us today. We appreciate it. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. It's an honor to have you. (laughs) As I originally stated, we have a lot to talk about. But first, let me thank our recent special guests that we've had on our show, Michael Capps, Bob Sosi, and Randy Lee. We want to thank you for taking the time to share your thoughts on what you do with the rest of our Sports Roundtable panel. It was great having you. I was going to start out the program by talking about what's happening with San Diego Padre Fernando Tatis and why I am a little bit skeptical about real lengthy contracts. But I think what I'm going to do now is defer to Peter because he wants to give some more accolades and some more observations about the late Vince Scully, which are rightfully deserved. So, Peter, I'm going to let you take over for a little while. So do I. Great. Well, thank you, Bob. So, uh, you know, we uh, there's been a lot said about Vin Scully, and I don't want to repeat everything that's already been said. But one of the things that really, really surprised me is that I did not know uh, two observations. One, I did not know that Vin Scully broadcast football games as well as baseball games. And this became uh, clear to me when I heard him uh, uh, broadcast the, the famous catch of uh, Dwight Clark of the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Championship game, and I think it was 1981. And what was interesting to me is, is um, comparing that call with Jack Buck, who was also a, a Hall of Fame broadcaster who, who died a while ago. Um, and Vince Gully was, was known for his um, giving the crowd a chance to speak when, after a big play. 
And, and uh, you know, so what you essentially hear is, you know, Clark's in the end zone. He makes a great catch. And then there's their silence. And Jack Buck goes to this whole rhapsody about what a wonderful catch it was. And, and it was just wonderful to sort of contrast the, the two uh, calls, both by Hall of Fame broadcasters, both equally valid as far as I'm concerned. And the same thing happened in baseball uh, when um, it was the uh, 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 Oakland A's, uh, uh, Los Angeles Dodgers World Series game several years later, when Kirk Gibson hit that famous home run, Grand Slam home run in the ninth, bottom of the ninth inning, I think it was. And again, Vince Scully makes the, the, the bare bones call, uh, which was, which was great. It was exactly what was, it was very appropriate. And I'd not heard it before. Cause I was listening to Jack Buck and Jack Buck makes the most famous call. I think, uh, you know, I can't believe what I just saw. And it was, you know, just two very contrasting ways of, of broadcasting by two, you know, equally wonderful, uh, play-by-play guys. And so, um, you know, Vinny, Vince will miss you. Uh, Jack Buck, we also miss you. And it just shows that uh, you can get different uh, calls equally valid for, for the same play. And that's really, really what I wanted to say, comparing Vin, Vince with, with Jack Buck. The other thing that Vince Scully did, which goes under the radar, and it's funny because I had never heard of Vince Scully before 1969, and it wasn't through baseball means. I first heard of Vince Scully on a primetime game show called It Takes Two. He hosted it. Actually, it was a morning show. I think it was on at 10 o'clock. It's truly amazing. That only lasted a year, but there it was. And it was definitely Vince Scully. I said, I guess Vince Scully is going to follow in Alan Ludden's footsteps (laughs) and Gene Rayburn's. I didn't know he was going to be 60-some-odd years with the L.A. Dodgers at that point. If you don't mind, I'd like to tell a Vince Scully story that goes back further because my brother-in-law told it to me and I did a little bit of digging to make sure, you know, that all the names were in the right places. And so and this is kind of a Paul Harvey, the rest of the story kind of thing, only I'll be quicker than he was. So you have Vince Scully growing up as a boy and in the Bronx, New York, and one of his school buddies is a guy named Larry Miggins. And as kids will, you know, Larry would say to Vin, you know, I'm going to be a baseball player when I grow up. And Vin, if he's like most of us, he'd say, now you're full of beans, which was a big deal in the 1940s to say to somebody, you're full of beans. So, so that's that's the 1930s and early 40s, Vince Scully and Larry Miggins. So Vince Scully goes to Fordham. Larry Miggins goes to the war. Uh, Vince Scully joins the Dodgers. Larry Miggins briefly plays for the Giants and then goes to the Cardinals in 1954. That was the year Vince Scully really took the bit in his teeth with the Dodgers because Red Barber had quit and gone over to the dark side, if you will. You know, he'd gone to the Yankees. And so Vince Scully was the basically number one guy in, in Brooklyn. And 
Larry Miggins was with the Cardinals that year. He had a grand total of two career home runs, and one of them was called by his old school buddy, Vince Scully. Yeah, that was in his pull up a chair book. Now, how cool is that, right, Luther? And I believe and I believe reading that book, he said something about that because it was like in one of the chapters. Is that cool was like what? Yeah, because he's like, what are the odds? Basically, he's like, what are the odds that I play in the major leagues? And Ben was like, <laughs> and Ben Scully was like, what are the odds that I get a chance to call your home run with you being in the major leagues? There you go. Yeah. And it's it was, somebody- I think it was like the third or the seventh inning. I think he said, I think it was the third. And his high school friend came up to bat and Ben called it. And I'm yeah, like, oh, he dug on. And somebody dug that little beauty out of the book and and t- told it on the air on ESPN radio. My brother-in-law was lucky enough to be listening. And he passed it on to me. And here we are, you know, with so because I didn't want to just like like Peter said, I didn't want to just say stuff that everybody had already heard. Exactly. And that, that's so, I mean, because he. The pull up a chair, the Vin Scully story was pretty doggone good. Mm. I mean, I've still I've still got it in audio. I got it from Apple Books, the audio in the audio portion. Mm. That's a book I have. I just haven't read it yet. And one of these. Oh, days, let I'm me tell really- you, Kurt, let me tell you, Kurt Smith. Awesome. I was just going to ask if Kurt Smith was anything to do with that book. Oh, yeah. He, he was the, he was the he was the author slash penman of that book. Because I don't think there's a better author alive when it comes to now John Feinstein. Now John Feinstein did pretty well with um, with his books. I've I've gotten a few of his sports books. Well, did he specialize in radio though, like Kurt Smith does? Kurt Smith wrote Voices of the Game, which is now that book. I've been that book. I've been trying to get for a minute. Well, Luther, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a warning. That Uh book. That book is more like a college textbook. He's written two or three others that are much more readable. And I haven't read Pull Up a Chair yet, but I'll bet now, you Pull anything. Up a Chair, that was like the first Kirk Smith, Kirk Smith book that I got. I'll bet you anything that that's more readable. Like I say, the, that that's that's an audio format. That, that's how I read it in yeah, audio I've, format. I've got it. I just have to have to go ahead and read. I, now, I, for, I forgot who the narrator is, but the narrator captures it perfectly. And that helps. <laughs> Gentlemen, I have a question. Yes. Now that regretfully Vin Scully has deceased after 67 years of being a radio announcer. Radio and TV. Radio and TV. Who's next in line for longevity? Is it Joe Castiglione at 40? I, I, I'm guessing yes, because there's mm-hmm. not many there's not many guys that, you know, that are around long enough to even get to 20 or 30 nowadays. Well, you got John Sterling after Castiglione. He's well, 35, well, so I think, right? I, 30. Well, Sterling, I, th- I think he's been, I think he's been the voice for 34 because he was the voice in 89. Okay. Are we talking about just one team then? Yeah. Just one okay, team. Okay. Then, then Joe's got it. John Sterling's there. He's at 34. I think he's in his 34th year now, but there's another guy that could be taking over his spot relatively soon. The New York Islanders television voice. Oh, the sooner the better, please, please. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how many, I don't know how they're going to restructure his deal. I'm guessing it may be for like all home games and maybe select road trips. You mean Sterling's deal? 
Right. Yeah, this this guy would have been in Cooperstown if he'd just known when to call it a career. And well, here, here, here's chair. the strange thing. A lot of, a lot of guys – see, this is what we talk about when it comes to players, when it comes to, you know, broadcasters or in anything for that matter – they feel like, oh, it, it's a it's it's a chase. It's like the high of the chase. How long can I stay at it and still be sharp at it? They basically said, like Vince said, every year when he when they asked him, is this year you're going to retire? Or are you going to come back one more year? And he's like, if the Lord allows me to go one more year and I still have the love for it and I'm still sharp and can still do it, I'm still going to do it. The day that I don't have my fastball or I'm not sharp and I'm not giving it my all for the fans, I quit. That's when I hang the mic up. But at least he knew when that would be, you know. Now, I will will say this now. This this is goofy. You know how you have these 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 contrived things that Sterling says, like. When Stanton hits a home run, it's a yeah. Stantonian home run. Stantonian. Giancarlo, and then he says right. another phrase. And a, and a couple, yeah. Giancarlo Hicks hits one to the stick. Yeah, yeah. Now here's the they, reason they, they all they always they in the STA thing that I have on Thursdays. He always talks. He always talks about from from cool to cliche. From- I wouldn't have mentioned those except for this. The other day, I, I took a peek at the English Premier League. I put that on TuneIn one day <laughs> for about five or ten minutes. Yeah, and I saw that. I, I saw is, that. This is funny because there was a, a, go, a goalie, a goalkeeper, they call them. They don't call them goalies. But a goalkeeper called Travers, um, right. and, and and the dude made a real major boo boo. You know, he, he he made a lousy play on a on a goal, and the the announcer says, "Oh, it's a travesty." Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Hey Bob, where are other panelists for today? Peter's here and Michael's here. They ha- you, you you guys are welcome to make a comment if you like. Yeah, please. <laughs> I I a quick uh, just the a only quick thing. The, Hold on, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Michael. Go the, ahead. the only thing I'll say is I want to thank Peter. Out of all of the Vince Scully stories and comparisons he could have made, <clears throat> he had to remind me of the D- Dwight Clark catch. Oh, that's true. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know what? I, I I saw that and I'm like, wow, he's using a Superman reference. And that was was what against Cincinnati? No, it was, it was Dallas, San Francisco in the in oh. the NFC Championship game. I I didn't yeah. think about that, Michael. Otherwise, otherwise, oh, <laughs> oh, I know the one you're talking. Oh, you're talking about the Will Clark three run homer that he called. No, no, I'm, no, I'm talking about Dwight. The, the Dwight Clark. Oh, NFC oh, Championship game Giant, oh, 49ers Cowboys. Yes, for his, yeah, la- yeah. his last yeah. television broadcast for football with the late great Hank Tram in the booth. Yes. But yes, that was that was not a, that was not a good day for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, yeah. It was a good day for us uh, anti-Cowboys fans. Oh yeah, it, <laughs> it, it 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 broke the stranglehold of like Cowboys and a few other teams that were pretty well, Pitt- much winning the conference almost every year. Well, Pittsburgh, you know, was out, you yeah, know, Steelers, the Cowboys run. Yeah, and then there was oh. one. I I think there was one more before San Fran. I think, but it was like, I think it may have been the Rams or somebody. Like that. I think it was like every three, two or three years, there was like three teams winning the. NFC Championship. 
But you know, he did golf as well as football and baseball. I mean, that's- yeah, Brent Musburger said something about that, that they had him at the 18th at Augusta National for the Masters. That takes some imagining, you know, because Scully really was meant for baseball. I'll have to I'll have to go back on YouTube to look because I remember when they had when they had some Masters commentary with the late Pat Summerall and then Vern Lundquist on sixteen from time to time when Tiger had his immaculate shot when Vern was on the call for CBS then on the sixteenth in Amen's corner. Now the one. Thing, the one issue I, I have with Scully on golf is uh, he doesn't drink in the booth like Summerall did and like Ben Wright was. He didn't need to. to. So. Here's the thing, Don. He didn't need to. He, I mean, he, he, he didn't need to drink. He, his, his voice basically set the scene. When you heard Ben Scully, you know what it was time for. I mean, yeah. there are just certain guys where you just know – that when they're on the on TV or on radio, it's showtime or it's a big event. Stiglione's one of them. Yeah, you know what what he's all about right away. Same 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 thing with the associate of the Patriots. Right. I've known I've known that guy when he was doing the broadcast with Albuquerque. That's where I first met him when he when he when his team came up to play the sounds. I think I was in the booth in that old. Dump people for a broadcast booth. I'm not trying to besmirch Herschel Greer Stadium, but it was a dump. I mean, the booth was cool, except for the fact that they're. they're, they're I uh, I do want to get into this whole Fernando Tatis saga and what I'm about to say. I'm I'm in conflict with myself because as much as I want the Red Sox to sign Rafi Devers to a long-term deal, only because that's how we are today. Players who. We want to stay with our teams, almost need to sign those outrageous terms because that's the trend. But with that said, I'm not particularly fond of these contracts because of Fernando Tatis and what well, happened. Well, look at, look at the other guys that have gotten long-term contracts. Deshaun Watts with the Cleveland Browns in the NFL. Look at, look at all the guys that have gotten these long-term contracts and how many of them have actually done the whole con- long-term seven- to ten-year deal and it's blown up in their face because then they're in salary cap purgatory. But right? at least in football, Albert you know, the, not all the, the money is guaranteed. Well, Pools got a fat deal with the Angels, and that really bombed in their face. Well, look at Stanton. Right. And Mo Vaughn. Well, the, the, only problem, the only problem with John Carlos is he couldn't stay healthy. He, That's I don't, what I, don't, I mean. Yeah, exactly. You, you got to take health into consideration as well. I mean, so why – I've never liked the fact that these teams have taken – you know, putting like, okay, if you have to sign a long-term contract, when a lot of other teams are like, do we really want to sign this guy to a long-term deal? We've got somebody already that can, you can replace him for cheap, dollar for dollar. Well, for the record, Tatis was in a motorcycle accident right before the season began this year. Yep. And from what I gather, in an attempt to speed up his recovery, he tried to improve his body by taking what I'm hearing was an unknown illegal substance he didn't know he was taking something illegal after two, after two minor league games and now he's been well for, I, I think i think he was about to start, to start he was taking a medication for ringworm and didn't know it had that right head in it how could he not know it well, well, it, well first, of all, first I, of all if he's got a need if he's got to take something for ringworm wouldn't he go to the team doctor and let them prescribe it at which time it wouldn't have any peds in it 
somebody somebody brought brought that up with like all these guys are like they take it because they think they you know they can get around it but it's like don't don't why i mean they should have taken they he should have gone to his team doctor or the trainer and said hey is this worth taking right because that uh, otherwise they wouldn't hire team doctors for like official team doctor of team insert team name here is he really being punished though who, who yep. are you sir or sir who are you oh no who are you my name is malcolm malcolm we'll get to you in about we'll get 20 to you minutes. in a minute but I, I i like i like what he's bringing to the table though but the but the mlb i what was that what was i here i mean i think i was like either in the last year of high school or something like that where they had basically put this on the books from the beginning with the MLB and the MLBPA, an automatic 80-game suspension, which basically now, does means- anybody know, does anybody know, and I'll use Tatis as the example because it's happening now and it's affecting his entire season of his contract. Is this money coming to him anyway right now? Yes. No, I, yeah. I, believe, I believe from what I heard, it's an 80-game suspension. I think he's still getting paid for it, I think. That's what's not right. I think now if it's true, if it's true, they have to revisit that. The problem is, is the players union in baseball is too powerful. They wouldn't allow money to come into their pockets, not being guaranteed. Hold on, hold on. Go ahead, Mike. Mike. You're going to say something. Go. Well, I thought I read that he he doesn't get paid for the the suspended games. Well, if that's the case, then he's going to, he's going to be missing a whole lot of cash. What's that to him? As as far as I know, correct, that he won't get paid during the suspension. But what's that to him? That's nickels and dimes to him. There you you go. Where that would hurt us. (laughs) That would hurt us. Well, keep in mind, he really had how how many games did he play before? Well, so he hasn't played any games yet anyway. Zero. Played all season. So, not in the big leagues, right? He played three in the minors. And then Here's he got the tagged. He, before he even comes back, he's going to miss almost almost two hundred games. Well, when he comes speak- back, Malcolm, would, would you put yourself on mute, please? Oh, sure. Thank you. I think the eighty games that'll carry him to the end of this <laughs> baseball season. So I think on uh, day one of of. I think I heard the rest of the regular season plus postseason plus the start of next year. Okay, I I, really, I think it's really like because we have about forty five games to go on average, so you yeah. Can, so he he's so there's miss, about another 30, 35 he'll, games. He'll, he'll probably miss the first thirty five of the regular season. It'll be May he, of 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 twenty three before he plays again. Yeah. Well, I, I'm yeah, somewhere in that ballpark. Well, that just that just is beyond stupid. I mean, these yeah, guys, it's stupid. I mean, these, they, and, and it's you know wh- why. As somebody said, why don't they go to the team doctor if they're going to? Well, if that were if, if that if that were the case, there there would there would not be team doctors to be hired to check and see what's allowed, what's not allowed, because they wouldn't need them. Right. I mean, I asked somebody about ringworm, and I was told it's not anything to be ashamed of. It's not like an STD. You know, it's just ringworm, and anybody can get 
Of course. From, from what I was told. Well, I didn't know Luther. I didn't know what what ringworm was. Right. So I had to ask. And and I found out that it's nothing to be ashamed of to take it to your doctor and 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 in fact, I probably wouldn't know it if I did have it until the doctor said that I had it. So right. But you gotta. Well, I hope to God that the people the MLB hires to be the team doctors are smarter than my own doctor, because I had one where oh. I take um, blood thinner. And he prescribed me an antibiotic because I got sick. And what he forgot to tell me was that you can't take an a blood thinner and an antibiotic at the same time. You really end up sick. So hopefully the MLB doctors are smarter than that. I hope so, too. Well, the, team, the, the team ought to have a rule that says if you're going to take anything, you have to run it by the team doctor. So that well, that that's about that's supposed to be the case, but players think they can skimp by that. And I thought that was a rule in place anyway, where they had to run it by the team doctors. I I'd, I'd like to turn a corner and talk about Watson. What's going on with his case? Because I find that yes, case yes. Ab absolutely uh, infuriating. Actually, uh, so. First of all, you know, how, how could any anybody, the Cleveland Browns in this case, give him a long-term contract fully with fully guaranteed money? I mean, I mean, as you said, Bob, or somebody, you know, football contracts at least aren't guaranteed. You don't get all the money you're, you're, you're guaranteed in football. Well, Watson is. He's getting all that guarantee. You know, all of his money is guaranteed. How that's possible after I'm not playing for, for one year and knowing there's going to be more suspensions is beyond me. I, I'm, how could Cleveland do something as ridiculous as that? It's completely beyond me. Well, I think the question, Peter, is how much did Cleveland know ahead of time? They probably well, didn't know anything. Well, because if they would have known it, they wouldn't have done it. Well, they, but, they, but they knew, we all knew that Watson was in trouble. We all knew that, that he, was, he was going through legal stuff. We all knew that. We, now we didn't. We we as fans didn't know the details. We still don't know the details. Uh, we know more now than we did then. But we didn't know the the details. Uh, but we, you know, everybody knew that Watson was in legal trouble. Well, and everybody, 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 you know. So the idea that that Cleveland would 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 give him this contract with with everything guaranteed under those circumstances, knowing that it's going to be suspended, that he missed he missed a year and was likely to lose more money, is absolutely beyond me. Uh, well, here, well, here's, 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 well, here's what I think happened. Uh, if I could get in the Cleveland management's mind, I think what they went on was the, the fact that the grand juries found him not, well, found, didn't levy any criminal charges against right. him. Right. They knew that he was going to be up for civil charges. And I think that they thought that the NFL, yes, they knew the NFL would suspend him. Uh, they probably had talked to somebody and thought, well, maybe he might get, since he's not criminally liable, he might get a light suspension. And all things, if all things worked well, he would have, except for the the NFL is appealing it, and the NFL wants to put sit him out for a whole year. So. Uh, 
the six games, that would have been fine. It's going to be more than six. They were basing it on the the lack of criminal charges. Well, Michael, Michael, as as a practical matter, uh, that may be true. That strikes me as a a reasonable uh, comment. But but my question still holds. The guy hasn't played for an entire year. He didn't play it all last year. And he's not going to play the first six, possibly more this year. You know, we don't know how rusty he is or isn't. I mean, he played a game, he played a preseason couple of few snaps. Yeah, went uh, one Friday. for five for and seven it, yards. That was terrible. You know, not that that one for five. That doesn't mean very much. No, but, it doesn't. But, but still, I mean, it still strikes me. And I've never heard of anybody getting a fully guaranteed contract in football. I've not as, either. Now, here's here's what I do know from listening to a podcast that depending on how long this suspension is, this contract that he's getting will not kick in. There could be a possibility where he could be suspended for the full year and his contract will not kick in until after he returns. There could be a scenario where he could, you know, have to re- have to reapply for reinstatement. Or they, there could be an option where Deshaun Watson said he would – him and Rusty Harden would accept an eight-game suspension with a hat, basically eight games, five and a half million dollars. So it's possible he'll spend five. the whole year without getting paid at all. Well, yeah, he, he there. There could be a scenario where he could, where you know, just keep your ears on Peter Harvey's decision because it hasn't come down yet. But I have a feeling between now and before week one, there will be a decision. There is no deadline. So Peter Harvey has all the time he needs. And Judge Sue L. Robinson, basically, in the NFLPA with the NFL policy, found that he was that he did have sexual predatory nature. So three or three or four findings in her 16-page report that was that is public, and I think you can find it somewhere. I don't know where you can find it, but I know it's public. Where there were like three or four different things that were in the NFL's NFL's um, policy that they found him guilty within that policy. So the NFL has all the facts that they need. Now the only question is what is what Peter Harvey is going to determine and what his ruling is going to be. But rem- remember, Luther, the 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 Players Association can appeal. Well, they can appeal. But and here's they, the problem. They may lose, but they but here, lose. but here's the problem, Pete. They agreed to this at the bargaining table. I, I agree. I that's agree. the problem. Yeah. If you didn't want this, where the commissioner has final say, so you shouldn't have signed on to it. So basically, the NFL is using the power that the NFLPA gave them. Yeah. So but, but, that's but, the problem. You and, you and I both know that the player association can at least drag this out longer. Uh, well, you know, they can. And but I don't but I don't know what point they can bring up. The only thing they could probably bring up is the owners of that that have not been punished yet. Robert Kraft, yep. Jerry Jones with Rich Dalrymple from 2015 and Daniel Snyder's case that's currently pending right now with the Washington Commanders. Yeah, well, D- Daniel Snyder strikes me as a is a is, Daniel Snyder is a scumbag is, of assessment. That's another so far. That's a whole he, other he, story. He, right he's, there, yeah. he's he is like the scumbag slow to the cesspool. And we're at the bottom of the hour. And yeah. Bobby Boy, time to open up. Thank you very much, Luther, for reminding me that you're listening to Sports Roundtable. And it's now time for our participants to take part. So what I'd like to do is introduce <clears throat> once again, Melissa Hudson. And she's going to help us coordinate who would like to speak first. 
Okay, so um, this is Melissa Hudson from Burien, Washington. Thank you, gentlemen, for having me here. This is my first time on this call, um, <laughs> and it's been fun so far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so um, I want to just um, re-remind participants in case you were not here when the recording was played, and especially for those that are listening around the world on ACB Media 5. Um, so to raise your hand on a, on a PC, it's Alt-Y. To mute and unmute, it's Alt-A. On a Mac, it is Option-Y. Uh, to raise your hand and command shift A to mute and unmute. If you are on the app, the raise hand button is in the more, uh, excuse me, under the more button in the lower right hand corner of your screen. Um, and just, so just double tap on that more button and there's a raise hand option, double tap that and I'll see that your hand is raised. And then on a phone keypad, if you're on a phone with just a, like a landline, it is star nine to raise your hand and star six to mute and unmute. And, uh, and I want to also just remind people, because we did have one person that left, um, please, um, when the facilitator is ready for your question, that they will let me know when it's time for hands to be raised. Um, but please just do not unmute yourself just to unmute yourself and start talking. Please raise your hand, and I promise you I will get to you. Thank and you. I also will lower your hand as well. And I was going to say that, but... Peter, you did a great job at managing that. Thank you so much. <laughs> All, All right. right. So now with that out of the way. Yep. <laughs> and let the fun begin. All right. So you got one raised hand so far, and that is Gina. Gina. Hello, Hello, my friend. Go ahead. Hello, Gina. How are you? Go ahead and unmute. Hello there. I am here. Hey, Gina. Hey, my friend. Hey, Melissa. I just run into you everywhere. I know. <laughs> we used to um, work together. So, <laughs> oh right. What can we do for you? What you got? Well, this is my first call. Welcome. Or this is Welcome my first in. time on this call, I'd rather say. Let's say. So, I may be a little <coughs> off topic here uh, without meaning to be, but I am a NASCAR fan. And I watched, I listened to part of the, um, uh, the, the cup race yesterday and my tv decided when i walked in the door to go on strike and so i didn't see colby's part but i saw it today on youtube it was absolutely awesome she did an absolutely awesome job of describing what it's like to be in a race car and i'm so proud she got that opportunity so who so so who is she colby garrison the oh. assistant to Cindy, I did not know that happened. Oh, I, didn't know uh, she I saw got an advertisement for it on Saturday, and <laughs> I wanted to watch it when I got home. And my TV said, "Oh no, you don't." So <laughs> Gina, Gina, she is in NASCAR. I'm sorry. Colby Hold is on. what? What was Colby's involvement with what happened yesterday? I'm trying to put the pieces together. Okay, Colby is a NASCAR fan. And okay. because she lives in North Carolina, she has been to um, a lot of NASCAR races and has met drivers. And I don't know how this happened, but somehow she got the opportunity to ride a NASCAR with Jeff. I'm not sure which Jeff it was. Um, I think it might have been Burton. And he let her actually do the describing of what was going on when he was making the turns and stuff like that. Sweet. It was cool. 
Well, I have to go look at that. I have, I have to go. I have to go listen to that. How do we find you, it, Gina? Um, in case other people want to look. How, at it. how do we look? If for you that? just type in Colby Garrison's name, it's K O L B Y, and then Garrison G A R R I S O N. It's right there. Thank you. That's so, thank you. So, amazing because they do have a thing called the NASCAR Experience that lets people. Um, Ride in these cars when it's not an actual race, virtually. But from what you're not virtually, no, you're physically in the yes, car. You're you get there. the money. Um, but I, I must tell you, <laughs> there's some there's some rules on that. Besides the money, um, if you're busted up like, like me, you know, if you have something wrong with your back or your shoulders or your legs, you're you're not going to be getting in one of those cars. That's that's against the rules. But Colby, apparently, do I have this right? She was in the car when an actual race was going on. I don't think it was when the race was going on. It happened before the race. It, it, it may have played, been like it was played twice. It was played on Saturday on um, tune in somewhere. And then it was played on um, the USA channel on TV. So it happened before the race, I think. Oh, okay. Well, it's and it, it, it wasn't during the actual race. It, it had to be wildly exciting. Yeah. Pro- probably like pre-race. So, um, yeah. Can you, uh, for those of us who may not be familiar with who Colba Garrison is, who is Colba Garrison? Uh, she why, is, why, why, why should we know who she is? Well, she's a she part is of Cindy. the ACB community team. Yes. She works with Cindy. Well, I, I think that's awesome. I was not aware of that. That's awesome. I, I'm, I'm surprised we didn't, that didn't get more coverage in the, yeah, I'm, I'm stunned in, by that, but in the, in the blindness community, because I, yeah, I, it should have been on the list. Should've yeah, it should have been. Now there there was there was a couple of my wishes uh, episodes Actually, from ESPN where a couple of people dealing with life threatening illnesses were able to do some things like that. Actually, you can find um, those on YouTube as well. Go ahead. Where I saw it very quickly, and then I'll get out of here. I saw it on Facebook. That was okay. where I saw. That was where I saw it. Cool. Well, uh, maybe we should get Colby on the air to, to, for her to uh, on oh, this no, podcast. That would be sweet. Uh, if we if we could get her on, uh, just to spend five minutes talking about the experience, your experience. Oh, that'd be that would be that would be, that would be awesome, Oscar so, Gina. Thank you. Hopefully, she's listening right now. Yeah, really? Oh boy, I hope I'm not in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. You're not in trouble. Not, I, I, what 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 a great story. I I not really. Heard. Thank, thank you, Gina. Story. Thank you. Uh, thank you. I, I'm delighted you you came on. Because I was unaware of it totally. So thank you for that. Anyone else, Melissa? So let me take a look here. We do not have any more raised hands at this time. So if you would like to participate, get those hands up in the air if you care. And I'll get to you. I promise you. Yeah, and so if, if, so, if people do raise their hands, please uh, just let us know. Interrupt us and we'll, we'll happily sure. uh, Shut up! Yes. And, and, and 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 absolutely. I don't know if our oh. twin, our our favorite twins fan, is here yet, but if uh, he were talking about if, Troy, yeah, if he Troy. were, I really wanted to get his thoughts on what he thought of his new closer, Lopez. I don't see a, somebody na- with that name here. So, All right. hmm. Luther, I have a better question. What's that? A lot of times we in this part of the country talk about Heim Bloom and how confusing he's been lately with the, mm-hmm. the messages that he gets across with the Red Sox. Yeah, I've, does he want to buy? Does he want to sell? sell? Well, I have the same questions for the Orioles. 
The <laughs> Orioles are knocking at the door, but they get rid of Trey Mancini and yeah. and uh, Jorge Lopez. And I'm right. thinking, he like, did. I'm like, why? And the and the Brewers did the same thing. They got rid With of their best closer. Although Bob, you you do have reason to be happy this weekend. Your guys took it down. My oh yeah, the Red Sox out of won. three. I mean, look. Part we of should, the ongoing collapse of the, part of the ongoing collapse of the Yankees. They got to really get this thing in gear, or they'll be talking about them in the same sentence with the, with the New York Mets, Phillies, and the and, and the, the seventy-eight Red Sox. And you yes, know, Don, Don Houston suddenly is the number one seed. And the yeah. Mets, the Mets have a better record than the Yankees. I, I, I have, to, I can't tell you how happy I am. Uh, you know, I, I never, I never, I never thought that would. Uh, here's the thing like that would happen. The thing, the thing is, it's like the Yankees really didn't do anything to solidify the bottom of the order. They, they should. I, I think they probably should have traded Chapman to see if they could get another, you know, guy that could be at the back end or a setup guy for Holmes. Well, they got they, Trevino. Well, here's the thing. If you're not getting the ball to your best guys in the back end of the bullpen, and your starters can't get out, get through five, and you're expecting your offense to score ten runs a night, what do you think uh, uh, Trevino's going to be like down the stretch? I don't know. I mean, I I just don't know. I so, I hope I'm hoping I, he can at least get get at least get the ball to. Holmes, unless they're uh, going to try to. Holmes is slipping though. Well, that's that's the issue. I mean, I, the issue is not the the front the front end versus the back end of the bullpen. My sense is that the whole bullpen has fallen apart. You know, um, never mind. You know, they they have some injuries as well. Well, uh, they they better uh, figure Don, it out. Don, you, you you're more tipped to the Yankees than I am, but it, it strikes me as that their bullpen is totally in shambles. Yeah, well, right now I anyway. Mean, yeah. I mean, the Trevino had like a seven ERA. When he was with Oakland, then he hasn't been much better. And Holmes yeah. is slipping. And yeah, yeah Holmes, Holmes has got problems. Um, Chapman, Chapman's, Chapman hasn't gotten it back for about what? About a month plus now. Well, Chapman has been has been suspect for a year, for at least a year. Well, I, yeah, he. Has I thought been. he might be starting to get it put back together, but they're still waiting on uh, Zach Britton. See if he's going to get healthy again. King is done. Michael King blew out his elbow. King yes. blew out his elbow. Tommy John. Right. So but the it. Yankees, the Yankees aren't scoring. That, that's also like true. That, and that's the no. that's their biggest problem. They that's miss Stanton. Sure. Once you once you get past Judge and Stanton and, 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 and DJ LeMahieu at the top of the lineup is out, so that kind of hurts them too a little bit. I love the Benintendi acquisition. I wish that were us. And well, why he's done nothing? He's done nothing. He's he's, he's batting about three hundred this year. But not with the Yankees. Not it? with us. Not with the Yankees. Back well, he's only been a Yankee 75. for over a week. That's, we'll uh, yeah. see what happens. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, don't he, know. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, jo- and Joey Gallup found new life with the Dodgers, and the Dodgers are 32-6 and six in the last 38, <laughs> and basically running away and hiding. I can't figure that. I mean, now, who do the Yankees get back for Gallo? Uh, I think the Yankees got – who did they get back? Uh, not not very wait, much, right, because Gallo wait, was not. I, I, think, I, I think they had a couple of prospects, I think, didn't they? Maybe a broken bat. <laughs> Maybe. <Not much>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> and did you gentlemen hear who the Red Sox signed the other day? Yes. I, I think you emailed it. It was Sharp. No, no somebody bigger. Who was that? J. Roos Familia. Oh, you really? mean no. the former Mets closer? Yep, we got him. 
Oh my one. God. What now? Okay. I got to know. Did the Mets DFA him? Not the Mets. It was another team. Um, whoever he was with prior DFA Philadelphia. Oh, the Phillies. Cause they got Dave Roberts. They got David Roberts. Yeah. So they DFA Familia because he wasn't doing very well. And of course, everybody that Heim gets, it's uh, it's a reclamation project. So I'm, he's hoping he's going to do. I I'll put do. it. I'll put it this way. I think Jared Familia might fit the Boston back into the bullpen. And if he does, do it Hauk out. Well, I'll put it this way: Jared Familia was he he had fifty saves with the Mets one year. He had 50 of like 50-something saves. It was he was in the World Series. Yeah, he, he was in the World Series in 50. Yeah, something like that. I mean, the, look, the, the problem with the Red Sox is they got to jump over five teams just to make the postseason. There's like four or five teams they got to jump over. And Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota, Min- Tampa, Baltimore, Seattle. Well, Minnesota, Chicago, and uh, – and, uh, and Seattle. I thought Seattle was the first wild card. I don't know. I, Seattle, Toronto, and either – Seattle, Tampa, Toronto, Baltimore. and Tampa. No, Tampa, Tampa jumped Tampa jumped Baltimore back for the for the third wild card with the win yesterday with McClint with uh, well, um, who's all they have to do yesterday. is go on a winning streak. That's all they need to do. A big Drew win. Rasmussen, that's who you're thinking with Tampa. Yeah, Drew Rasmussen. Rasmussen. Yeah, exactly. He had he a he had an a perfect game. Eight. And did anybody hear about the fourth manager to be fired this year? Yeah, and Chris that- Woodward. Chris Woodward in Chris Texas. Woodward of, of Texas? Right. Yeah, he Rangers, got fired yeah. today. So that's now four yeah. managers to go with. And Chris, the, and Chris Woodward, I remember him when he was down here at AAA Nashville for a while. Chris Woodward played for the Red Sox at one so time. Yep. He joins He's my played old, for a lot of teams. He joins my old boss, Charlie Montoya, who got fired by the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. And before that, uh, Joe... Joe- Joe Madden Girardi was like the, the first or the second one. Because Joe, Joe Madden, Madden was the second. second and Girardi was first. Yeah, Girardi first, Madden second, no. Montoya uh, third. Excuse me, gentlemen. Yes. yes. Excuse me, gentlemen. We have 15 minutes till the top of the hour. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for that. And the, and you have no raised hands. Uh, the only participant that's actually here is Gina. Everyone else is either a panelist or we have our streamer here. So, <laughs> all right. All oh, right. Thank you. Thank you for that update, Melissa. We thank appreciate you. it. You yes, know, sir. I had just been so, thinking so about good. Troy. I got to ask him what he thinks about Rocco Baldelli. Whether he'll be able to keep his job in Minnesota. I think well, he'll keep do. his job, but the thing is, he just get. I mean, like a lot of other teams, the American League. Who's going to get right? I mean, the twi- they have the fallen are- out of the playoffs. Not to mention the fact that Minnesota has a horrendous playoff record. Yeah, and they better and they better hope and pray they don't get the Yankees because if they do, they could get swept right out of the playoffs. Hey, Michael, what did you want to say? No, I was gonna. I was just gonna make a comment about the about the Rangers. Uh, one of the the article I read said that they gave him everything uh, he wanted or need it, but the results didn't show up. So, 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 so they had to let him go. And, well, and that's not a surprise. They don't even know. They're not even sure who the interim manager is going to be. They, what? It looks like, looks like the front office is, is in di- disarray up there. Well, I, it's been in disarray for a while. Hasn't it, Mike? I'm, I'm not an expert in Texas Rangers. Yeah. It, 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 it hasn't been right since at least, it hasn't been right yeah. since at least 2011 when they made the world series against the Cardinals. And I don't know if the, I don't know if they really let that go yet either. They blew they that had, series. They yeah, and won they it. had it in their hands and gave it away. 
That was Can't awesome. That was True. one of the more awesome moments for Cardinals fans. I, um, I, I listened to that. I listened series. to that. I listened to that whole that whole series on KMOX on the radio. So I don't know on the game, MLB game Andy six audio was package. nuts. Game yeah, one. really, absolutely bizarre. And then Game Seven wasn't too tacky either. Well, Jaime Garcia could. I, I think it was either Game Six or Seven where he couldn't even get through the. He couldn't even get through five. They took him out after four, and they used the bullpen for the rest of the game. So, Bob, I wanted to ask you. You know, uh, as we all know, it was, it was week one of the pre- NFL preseason. And um, there is some controversy uh, that made uh, sports talk about what the Patriots are up to, their, their coaching situation, their offense versus defensive coordinators. And are they being taken seriously? And what is Belichick thinking? And, and uh, it's, it's uh, Patriots seem to be in some disarray as well. That's been a topic of conversation around these parts for months. Why are they using former defensive coaches on the offense. And and they're not even sure who's going to call what plays. There's even some talk that Patricia and Judge are both going to call plays, and that might be confusing for an offense. You should well, get used to one coordinator. That will help everything free flow more. Well, here's the thing. The thing is, it's like I on Thursday, they had like Joe Judge for one – for like – one series and they had Matt Patricia for like another. And I'm thinking like, why are we, why do we have two guys that have basically been defensive coordinators and special teams guys that haven't called offense in their life? Learn how to figure I, out. I how don't to, how get to, it. And, and, and they're, lo- they're lousy coaches too. Go ahead. Mike. Well, yeah, it's a Belichick. It's a Belichick move. I, I guarantee you Belichick has something up his sleeve. I wonder what that could be. His de- he, what his defense so far ahead of the offense that the offense doesn't that the, the defense really have to ca- the defense has to carry this team. Is that is well, that the move? Be, it it could be sort of a counterintuitive thing since these guys know defense. He's probably asking them to to uh, circumvent the in- circumvent the enemy's defense by doing things that that. The defense defensive coach or coordinator wouldn't expect surprise element that sort of thing. But the, the issue I think they're going to have to deal with is you know the second year slump is Mac Jones. Uh, the thing I heard is the question I heard is is Mac Jones going to be able to uh, uh, from what I've maintain heard the Mac performance. Jones. From what yeah. I've heard, he, the word for him right now, from what I've heard from a lot of folks from Patriots camp, is uncomfortable. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, yes, Melissa. You, so you have. Thank you. So you have ten minutes, and you have a somebody that just joined, and that person just raised her hand. So you want to take it now? Yes, yeah. please. Go ahead. All right, Jane Tolino, go ahead and unmute, ma'am. I heard you go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, Anyway, um, I just wanted to recommend a very splashy, crashy book called Baseball's 100s. And I sent Peter the name of it, but it's just great. Um, I can't say the author's name, but he, he wrote remarkably about the clashes over who should be in that top 100 and was careful um, in saying players. Yes, one hundred baseball 
players. Jane, if I may, just for a minute. The, Hi, Don. The, yeah, hello there. Um, I wish I'd seen your review because I normally do. Normally, I don't miss them. But I miss well, I didn't one. review the book. I'm having a really hard time navigating Bard Express in order to get reviews done. I just sent Peter the book and said, read it. But the two things I can tell you, the author's name is Joe Posnanski. Yes. Yes. And yes. That's a that's a tongue twister, Posnanski. It is. And <laughs> the book itself is called The Baseball 100. And I say that because yes. Bard is particularly unforgiving if you have the name wrong in the slightest way. It is called The Baseball 100. Mm-hmm. I've not so read I it yet. Yeah, I didn't mean to slight the name, but I oh, did. No, I'm no, just, no, but I did. I sure did. Yeah. But enjoy it. It's just hard hitting. It's good. It's like everyone is a wallop. So I enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you. for anyway. th- Thanks for sending that link, Jane. I appreciate, or, or at least the title. I appreciate that. I'm uh, looking yes. forward to that one myself. No question about it. Yeah. So, Yay. So All right. the, the, base, the Baseball 100 by Posnanski. Did I get that right? Joe, yeah, Joe, Joe Posnanski. Posnanski. What a name. All right. <laughs> no kidding. Th- thank you, Jane. No, no weirder than yeah. uh, Mike Plawecki, who's now catching for Boston. Kevin. Yeah, Mike Plawecki. I don't know. I don't know how that guy has kept his career together. He was with the Mets in 2015, and Plawecki, uh, my, my brother-in-law, is a serious Mets fan, and he he called him Paluka because he, could, <laughs> he, 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 was, he was lucky if he could hit 180 and, and he wasn't great as a catcher. Either. Yeah, bar- yeah, barely above the Mendoza line. And from from what I understand, he's only thrown out one runner trying to steal in three years. But at eight, yeah, eight, the, the, the Gornet Stripers have a the Gornet Stripers have a, a catcher Clementina who's in the Triple A. Nashville basically abused the poor guy. I mean, he was throwing out less than 20% of base runners. I'm like, why does Atlanta have a crappy catcher at AAA who can't throw a guy out? <laughs> good question. Uh, I, 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 how, how many good catchers who, who could, well, first of all, stealing bases in baseball is not as big as the deal as it used to be. Ain't that the truth. And secondly, uh, there are, how many good catchers are, are there out there who can really throw runners out? I mean, I, I know they're out there. That Vasquez, he, I mean, he's pretty good at it. I think Molina still has it. Yes. Even though he's going to retire at the end of the year. I mean, Kid, it, Kisner it, for it, the it, Cardinals can, but it's not like at a very high rate, but it's a high enough rate that, he stay, that he's on board. My guess is he's going to be the catcher of the future anyway, since basically after Molina retired, he's going to be the full-time catcher next year anyway. Well, what's messing up a guys, lot of catchers out there see, is... Uh, do you hear Lance McCullers Jr. You know, came back uh, and he pitched six scoreless innings over the weekend? No, I missed that. That's How about cool. Michael Walker yesterday? After yeah, Michael Walker was weeks. awesome. Let me tell you. If I if Michael Waka pitched that way when he was a cart when he was on the Cardinal staff, oh my God, Hall of Fame worthy. Well, he 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 pitched pretty well for the Cardinals on and off. He just yeah, he did, except for the fact he just couldn't stay healthy. He couldn't stay healthy, and his, you know, his only his main pro, his big problem was his freaking elbow. Yeah, yeah. This year same was thing. a dead arm. Well, dead arm, elbow, same thing with uh, same thing with Flaherty. He had to go back on the injured list with his shoulder again. I'm like, but the I, problem the catchers have is a lot of the stolen bases that do happen are being stolen off the pitchers. Well, yeah, because the pitchers don't look over there. 
the pitcher the pitchers are so bent on you know getting the batter out that they get their pocket picked. Uh, it, it's a and you have five game. minutes, gentlemen. Five. Actually, we have minutes. one minute. We have one. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, you do it a different. Okay. Yeah, we have. We, yeah, we do. That's okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not used to that. <laughs> more, more like, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just want you guys to 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 watch the Astros. If they can keep up the hitting consistency, we might do some damage. I want to see a Dodger Astros World Series. Five four years later. I think you're going to get your wish, Michael. Maybe. I- but look, here's the thing. With the dot with the Dodgers running away with the West in the National League, maybe I'm not, I'm not saying this is a possibility, but if the Cardinals win the Central, where do you think Craig Council as the Brewers manager goes? Is he like a Rocco Baldelli? Is he on the hot seat? Is maybe their GM? For the brewery, I doubt it. Seat. I doubt it. But well, we are I, out of time. I, I just be, beware of the Mets if I'm the Dodgers. With with the well, look, here's the have. thing. That's all. The 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 Dodgers and Mets kind of cancel each other out pitching. It's going to come down to hitting. Yeah, more than likely, gentlemen. It's been fun. We appreciate yep. you being with us. Thank you very much, and thank you very much, Joe, for mainstreaming or live streaming rather. Melissa, thanks for helping us out, facilitating the show as well. And thank you to the participants. I'm Bob thank Rankin. You. And enjoy your week. Go safe with God's abundant blessings. We will be back next, next week. week.